You are listening to Seek the Good, Episode 7, Financial Security. This is the podcast where we seek the good in life, in others, and in ourselves to create an extraordinary life. This is Seek the Good, and I'm your host, Raquel Hello. I have always wanted to feel financially secure. Can you guys relate? <laughs> feel like we all do. I've discovered something recently of what that means to feel financial security. And so I wanted to share it with you. But to start out, I wanted to talk about some principles that I know are true about financial security. And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to share, I got from the church's website or the church's manual that they've come out with for self-reliance in the personal finance one. There's four different self-reliance books, I believe, and personal finance is one of them, which I got a lot of this from. So I wanted to talk first about the right reasons to want money, I guess. I'm not going to tell other people what they should believe, but what I think is true is that it's good to want money to take care of you and your family. Whatever those needs may be, I I think that's a worthy thing to want money for. It's, of course, good to want to be able to pay for your family to be comfortable, whatever that may mean for you. I also have found a lot of scriptures as I've been studying this about how we should seek after the poor. That is a huge purpose of why we're here. And Christ, when he was on earth, that's what he did. He sought, he sought after the poor to help them. And we need to do the same. If we're going to receive financial prosperity, we need to do what the Savior would do with that. I've heard people say that the more money we get, the more we're able to be our true selves with that money. And I think that's kind of true. Like if people are kind of selfish, the more money they get, they're going to spend it on themselves. But if they are Christ-like, the more money they get, the more they're going to give. And that's what I think will give us the most happiness is the more we give. In Acts 20, 35, it says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And in 1933, there was a first presidency message. Even though this was quite a while ago, right? It still had gems in it that I love that so apply to us today. The presidency was Heber J. Grant. And they said, if we shall fully observe that law, the Lord will pour out his richest blessings upon us. We shall be better and happier than ever before in our history, and peace and prosperity will come to us. So remember, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And they also said this way we can be in the position of helpful usefulness to the world which the Lord intends us to be. 
He intends us to be that. We need to give and help. Doctrine and Covenants 42 verses 30 through 31 says, Remember the poor and to consecrate of thy properties for their support. Inasmuch as ye impart of your substance unto the poor, ye will do it unto me. That's a way we can serve God is to seek out the poor. Doctrine and Covenants 104, 13 through 18. This was one of my favorites I found. We are stewards over earthly blessings. God's purpose is to provide for saints, but he does it in his own way. He provides for us that the poor shall be exalted. The earth is full and there is enough to spare. This is me kind of taking from different parts of 13 to 18. But isn't that beautiful that the poor shall be exalted? That's not saying so that the poor can be comfortable on the earth today, right? Exalted is the next life. And I really feel that for people to be able to learn the gospel and to accept it, they need to be taken care of temporally first so that they can fill the spirit. Because sometimes when that temporal things aren't taken care of, it is really hard to really learn um, the spiritual things. And we can take care of both sides of that. We can help people, we can help people temporally first, and then we can help them spiritually. And this last part that I read, the earth is full and there is enough to spare. How often do we kind of not think of the world in abundance. We think, I got to hold on to what I got because there's not enough. This is kind of how my toddler is right now. He hates when I throw anything away. <laughs> when our we run out of milk, you know, he freaks out. We need more. We don't have any more milk. It's all gone. And I keep reminding him, honey, we live in a very abundant place. <laughs> there is so much milk around. I just have to go get it. It's not hard for us to get milk. It's really easy. I'll go get it tomorrow, you know? So I'm trying to help him feel the abundance that we really do get experience and not, we don't have to fear. There's enough. There's enough to spare. We, there's enough for everyone. Elder Oaks said in 2011, when we have a vision of what we can become, our desire and our power to act increase enormously. Elder Maxwell said in 1996 that what we insistently desire over time is what we eventually become. So we need to realize what is that desire? What desire do I have? First thing when it comes to money, we must follow God's commandments to give tithing. And tithing is such a blessing. Isn't it crazy that every commandment, everything that God asks us to do is attached with a huge blessing? <laughs> I think of tithing in the sense of like if somebody made me some amazing brownies <laughs> or something, I don't know. And they gave me this whole plate of brownies and they just asked me to give them back a sliver of it. 
no question in my mind. That's super easy. I will definitely give you back a little bit of this. Like you made this for me. You gave this to me. How is it any different with tithing? God gave us everything. He created us. He's giving us breath. (laughs) You know, like everything we have is because of him. And he asks us to give back so little. 10%. My friends, this is little, little, little. Not a lot. I know that it's hard sometimes. I know it's hard because we are, but we're looking at the wrong thing. And we're not trusting in God and giving it to him because he will bless us. Um, in Malachi 3, 8 through 10 is where we receive that instruction, like, will we rob God? And everyone's like, well, how are we robbing you? And he said, in tithes and offerings. He wants us to prove him. He says, bring all ye the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Isn't that such a good picture? Like, I'm going to pour. That's When you pour something, it just keeps flowing, right? It's not just like picking at something and throwing it, something little, throwing. But it's just pouring. It's just spouting out. And he wants to give us so much. I love that picture of pouring out those blessings. Elder Oaks in 1994 gave a talk about tithing and he talked about in it that the payment of tithing is a test of priorities it is a test is god more most important to me or other worldly things right some of you might be thinking but it's the bills i can't pay the bills (laughs) like i need the place to live i need these things but that's where he wants us to Show him he's most important to us, that we're going to pay him first. Then trust, he's going to make it work out. Maybe you're not going to be in that home. Maybe you're going to be end up in a different home, right? It does, I don't know how he's going to answer us, but he will answer us. And he will provide for our needs. Just like he says, like, look at these animals that I make sure they have enough food and drink. Like, you're more important than those things, right? And he's going to take care of us. We're more important than those. It's just like the analogy, which many of you have probably seen. The visual where they get the jar and they start filling the jar with sand first. And then they try to fit in this grouping of rocks into the sand all the rocks won't fit then you take all that stuff back out the same amount of rocks the same amount of sound first you put in the rocks and then you put in the sand and it all fits and it's all about just doing it in the right order and everything works out I don't know how it always works out with tithing but I just know that's true that when you put God first pay your tithing first then everything else falls into place My husband and I have been so blessed to be able to do a lot of things with our money that sometimes I'm like, how are we able to do all this stuff? It doesn't make sense because you're a cop. (laughs) You don't make a lot of money, you know? I have a little dance studio on the side. Like, we don't make a ton of money, but we feel very blessed and... When people ask us about how we're able to do certain things, my husband's really quick to say it's because we pay our tithing. And 
I know that's true. We have a father-in-law that has a job doing cars and fixing them up, and he helped us find this truck, and we got this truck for very cheap. We let other people use it a lot because we just feel so blessed that we even have a truck. It's the whole idea about giving. It's not really ours. Heavenly Father let us have this thing, and we want to share it with other people if they need it, you know? In the first presidency message, The Road to Financial Security in 1933, they say we need to be living righteously, which is obviously the first thing, right? We need to be righteous. And we need to avoid extravagance. We need to cultivate habits of thrift, economy, and industry. We need to live strictly within our income. We need to save, even if it's just a little amount, for times of greater stress. These things will help us so much. And in the self-reliance book about personal finance, they have a financial success map is what they call it. They drew it out like a home, looks like a home. And at the bottom, the base, the foundation is faith in the Savior and commitment to be self-reliant and unity with spouse. And just real quick about the unity with spouse. Sometimes you and your spouse might not agree on how money should be spent or what the budget should be or whatever. But you can still come to agreement, like agree to disagree. You still have to be on the same page. Maybe my husband doesn't want us to spend money on this. But I really want to spend money on this. (laughs) And maybe there's something he wants to spend money on. But I don't want to spend money on that. So maybe we just come up with the agreement, I can spend a little bit here, and he can spend a little bit there. And even though we don't agree that it's the best way to spend the money, we're going to agree that the other, each, each other is able to spend that much on that. You need to come to some agreement, even if you're not always happy with all of it, right? But think of the other's needs and come to an agreement where you can both be happy. The sides of the house one side is work it helps all this even happen and the other side is budget that makes all this able to happen and then the list in between those two walls is five steps to financial success and the first is of course pay tithes and offering i can't emphasize that enough give it back to the lord he's given it to us in the first place Second is to protect ourselves from hardships, have emergency savings. And so first we pay, I've heard people talk about this way. First we pay the Lord, our tithes and offerings. Second, we pay ourselves. So we save some for a rainy day. Third is to start eliminating debt. If you have any debt, try to get free from that debt. Four, and there's, there's a lot of different strategies to do these things that you can find in um, the self-reliance book but to go in more depth number four is to save and invest for the future and five is to continue to give and bless I love that that's the top like because that's the whole reason like I started this out right the right reasons so that we can give and bless other people that's our purpose I love this saying, and I apologize because I don't know who said it, but I need to figure it out because I love it. It is, pray like it's all up to the Lord, 
then work like it's all up to you. I lived by this on my mission. I worked as hard as I could, but then I also prayed as hard as I could for the Lord to do his part because that's the whole picture. That's the whole, the whole key, right? The Lord does makes the miracles happen, but I got to do my part and work hard too. I can't just pray about something and then do nothing. The Lord's not going to make it happen if I don't do my part. It's kind of like a coin. We need both sides of that. We need to pray and realize it's all up to the Lord, right? But also work like it's all up to us. Do that work and pray on both sides of that coin. Doctrine and Covenants 130 verses 20 through 21 talk about how there is a law upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we obtain any blessing from God, it's by obedience to that law. So we see that when we do our part, God is bound to do his part. Bound, we know, from Doctrine and Covenants 82, verse 10. I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say, and but when you do not what I say, you have no promise. Right? So if we do our part, God will do his part. Here's the great thing, though. The part that we must do, we don't have to do it alone. He's going to help us even do that part. Do we realize this? There's not any part that he's not going to help us with. He's going to help us do our part, and he's going to fulfill his part as well. Back to this idea of financial security. A little while back, I went to the ER The whole time I was thinking, this is going to cost so much money. Is it worth it? (laughs) And after the ER, I was also had to schedule a bunch of different doctor visits and do a bunch of blood work. And back in my mind, there's always, this is going to cost so much money. Even though some of the doctors and blood work and stuff didn't cost really that much money, but I knew it would all add up. And I was a little worried about where we were financially. And before this ER visit, we had just booked an upcoming vacation. And we'd gone on vacation with some family down to St. George. And we just remodeled our kitchen. Like, we spent a lot of money in these different areas. And so I was kind of worried about where we were financially. But when we looked at it, I honestly was able to feel good about our finances, where we were. We had to dip into our savings a little bit, but I felt good about it still. So I was praying and I was thanking Heavenly Father for being able to feel financially secure. I kept praying for that. And one time when I was praying for that and thanking Heavenly Father for feeling financially secure, it hit me that the only way we can feel true financial security is trusting in God that he will provide for our needs. If you think about it, every earthly possession we have could be gone like that. It could be gone so fast by some kind of disaster or, and I think about our money too, like we put our money in these banks and feel like they're going to take care of it, right? Which they do, but there could be a crash. Something could happen and we could just be left with nothing, no more money, no more no more possessions. And I also always think families that have 
cancer or things like that, those things are so expensive and all their savings are gone so fast when big crises or things like that happen. It just made me think, and I don't know why Heavenly Father wanted me to realize this, but I just realized that no matter what happens, I can still feel financially secure. Even if I lose everything that I possess, every material thing I own, if I lost it all, if all the money in the bank were gone, I could still feel financially secure if I realize and trust in God that he's going to provide for my needs. I don't think this means that we shouldn't be smart with our money. I believe God wants us to be smart with our money. But if you want to feel more financially secure in your life, learn to trust God more. Realize he loves you so much and will always provide for your needs. And I'm so grateful for that understanding. I'm grateful to know that he loves me and wants me to feel secure. He is my financial security and I can feel that through him. I hope that as you study about the Savior, you can feel that same security too. That he's always going to provide for us. BYU had the women's conference. Elder and Sister Christofferson spoke and Sister Christofferson spoke first and she told this story of this woman who was divorced after 20 so years of marriage and she was the provider for their family now and money there was never enough of it they weren't able to do a lot with the things her kids wanted to do and ends didn't always meet and she read something a prophet saying that if she doubled her fast offerings that the Lord would bless her beyond measure and she had the faith even though she probably wasn't um, giving too much in fast offerings she doubled it even though that was hard um, for her family in their situation to double her fast offerings and she did it anyways and then Sister Christopherson starts listing every bad thing that happened after she paid double on her fast offerings. I bet she was thinking like, I'm supposed to be blessed. Why are all these bad things happening? Like a neighbor's window got broken from one of her kids and somebody's glasses broke and just all these things kept happening that that needed money to help you know, pay for them. So she asked her employer if she could have a few days off work. And he said, he kept asking her, you know, why? And she finally told him like, I need a new job. I need to go search for a new job. I'm not able to make things meet. And and he said, don't take a few days off. Just stay here. Let me see what I can do. And he comes back with a large check of money. You'll have to go listen to the talk for the exact amounts um but he came back with this check of a, a lot of money and also gave her a raise that in and of itself was a huge blessing but then a few months later or a little while later there was another job opening in that same I think she worked at a hospital and she was able to apply for that job and get that job which increased hourly wages as well And I just thought, how interesting. Like, she probably felt so much like the Lord was not blessing her when all those trials came right after she doubled her fast offering. 
but Henley's father knew her. He knew that all those different trials would motivate her to do something, to put forth that action, to want to try to get a better job, which led her to talking to her boss and him giving her the raise, which led to her staying there, which led to her getting that even better job with even a higher raise than that. It's just amazing. God's work is amazing, and we don't understand it always, but he will bless us. He always will bless us, and I'm so grateful for him being my financial security, (laughs) and no matter what may come, he will provide for my needs, and I know he will provide for your needs. Thanks for listening.